to see you all here. Bless you. You guys notice anything up here? Yeah? I'm up here. Here I am. It's me again. You guys didn't realize the guitars? Wondering what Jack's going to do with the guitars? I'm going to start a mariachi band. <laughs> I call it the Cuñados del Norte. About that, Jonathan. So let's turn to John 14. John 14. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Talked about. Are you tuned in to the Holy Spirit? John 14, 26. John 14, 26. It says, but the Comforter, that's the other word that the Bible uses for the Holy Spirit, 1426, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit are the same things, okay? You guys got that? I didn't figure that out until I was like 12. Remember I asked a missionary about how this really deep question. What's the difference between the Holy Spirit? The Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. It's like, oh, it's the same thing. Oh. Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So, there's Jesus, he's talking, and he's like preaching and stuff, all that red stuff you see in the Bible there, that's Jesus talking. And he's like, hey guys, I want to let you know, I'm going to be sending a comforter, I'm going to send a Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost here pretty soon, so you guys start thinking about that. And in 1526, he reminds them again, says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Like, hey, he's coming. Keep remembering. And in 16.8, 16.8, he talks, tells the disciples again that that, that comforter, the Holy Spirit's going to come. It says, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. I pray that we'd help us to understand what your Holy Spirit's job is and to be attentive to what he's doing in our lives if we're saved. And I ask, Lord, that we would reverberate what he says to us, to the world, so that they could see a difference in us. I pray, please, work in this message. Give me the words to say and work in my heart and each heart here, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So do you guys know how a radio works? Don't know how radio works? Just turn it on, says Pastor Derek. Yeah, it's the instrument I play. Everyone else says, oh, do you play an instrument? Yeah, I play the radio. Uh, radio. I used to make radios when I was a kid. I don't know what kids do nowadays, but I used to make radios when I was a kid. You get, get a bunch of copper wire, and you wrap it around a pipe a whole bunch of times, and you get a speaker. You can actually make a radio. So I'm going to explain to you kind of how a radio works. So, my radio station in Pasco is 90.1. I just know what 90.1 megahertz. So, that antenna at the church is vibrating 90.1 million times a second. Really fast. It's vibrating really fast. And when you turn on the dial on your radio, you're moving a little piece of metal and it's 
going, finding a place on a coil of wire where it picks up that exact frequency. 90 million vibrations a second. So I'm going to explain to you a little bit how it works with these two guitars. Okay? Well, you can't really see it very well, so I'm going to ask somebody really honest. Xavier's really honest. To come up here. And he's going to testify whether this is truth or not, okay? So, how this works. So you stand over here, Xavier. Maybe hold that one. So, you might know what this string here is. The string on the guitar is. What note it is. What note is it, Albert? D? No, it's an E. It's an E string. The lowest one is the E string. Okay? So, Xavier, you testify to everyone over there. I'm going to pluck this one here, this E string. And I want you to feel this one over here. Okay? And see if it vibrates when I when I move this one. Okay? Don't don't touch it yet because it'll stop the vibrations. But I'm gonna move this E string here and you're gonna feel if that vibration actually affects the other one, okay? Hold on. I'll touch it. You felt it? Yeah? Pretty cool, huh? You'll see it again? Touch it down here and you'll, you'll feel it more. Okay? Gonna move it on this guitar. I'm not touching this other guitar at all, okay? Here we go. Yeah, that truth? So this E string here is actually vibrating 82, if it's tuned right, 82 approximately vibrations per um, second, and that vibration is affecting this string. Now, you're going to try these other strings and see if the other strings are feeling it. Or if it's just that other E string, okay? Pick the other string there, and we're going to see if it, don't touch it till I touch it, and see if it affects any other strings. Feel any other ones moving? A little bit? No? It only affects the E string over here. You guys figured that out? Okay, now we're going to go back to the message, okay? Just remember all that. that honest Xavier. You can sit down, yeah, thanks. So we're going to see what the Holy Spirit has in common with these guitars here. So, we see in our passage here in John 16, verse 8, And when he has come, he will reprove the world of what? Of sin, that's one thing. And of righteousness, there's two things. And of what? Judgment. So the first thing that the Holy Spirit is going to do is reprove the world of what? Sin. Of sin. Okay. How is it going to reprove the world of sin? How is the Holy Spirit going to reprove the world of sin? So we saw here that, that when we plucked on that E string here, it only affected the other E string over here. If you get two radios and two guys with a radio... And one guy turns on the radio, and he's listening to music. Music is coming out of those speakers there. And another guy turns on his radio, and he doesn't get anything. What's happening? The radio that's working is reproving the radio that isn't working. The guys are, hey, what's wrong with my radio? 
How come you're getting something and I ain't getting anything? And that's what the Holy Spirit does as well. The When we receive Jesus into our hearts, when we're believing on him, he is communicating with us. But is he communicating with everyone else in the world? No, he's communicating with us. We see this in 1 Corinthians 2.14. 1 Corinthians 2.14. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So over here, the E string's playing, and... All the other strings over here, they don't feel anything. They don't feel any of the vibrations that this one is playing. And when we, people that don't have the Holy Spirit, God's trying to talk to them, but they can't pick it up because they haven't believed yet. Because they're still in their natural man. We see in John 8, 8, 8, 43, John 8, 43, John 8.43. Jesus is talking to the um, Pharisees here. And it says, Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Like, look, I'm talking to you guys, but you guys... You're not picking up what I'm putting down. What's the deal, guys? You can't hear me because you haven't trusted in me and you can't understand what I'm saying. And in 10.27, John 10.27, famous verse here, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Um. Uh, so, so the when we receive Jesus, he, we we hear His voice, and how it condemns us is we start realizing, hey, how come God's talking to them, and He's not talking to me? How come they're able to to say no to sin, and I'm not able to do it? And it convicts them of their sin. It reproves the world of their sin. And what's so blasphemous? What's so damning about blaspheming the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? God talking to people, that's just a bunch of made up stuff. That's just a bunch of baloney that that God talks to people that there's something out there that I can't tell with my six senses. I I just, I just, that's a bunch of baloney. I, I can't, I can't, I can't take that in. I don't, I don't believe that. And that's what blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It's telling the Holy Spirit, you know what? You don't exist. There's nothing out there like that. There's no spiritual stuff. It's just what I can see, what I can feel. That's all that actually exists. That's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's what's so bad about it. Um, the Spirit reproves the world of sin um, when, when by playing a note and a person in the world realizing, you know what, that is affecting those people there that go to that church, but it doesn't affect me. 
They have a desire to talk to God, and I don't have that desire. And it reproves them of their sin. Um, the, the Gentiles that were getting saved were reproving the Jews. Um, they, were, they were getting changed. And the Jews were like, hey, we're the children of God, aren't we? Like, no, you're not, because you haven't believed on Jesus. Um, when I think one of the big lies, biggest lies the devil uses, is belittling the work of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. See, this the Spirit is working right now in this country, in the world, in Washington, in Oregon, as we speak right now. He's working through the lives of all the Christians that are around in the world right now. And I think we take for granted all the work that he's actually doing. Um, he likes to tell... What do you see? Is it falling? It's moving. We like to see... Sometimes I'm guilty of it as well. God, where's your power? Where's your power? I don't see any power going on. And I think we take for granted all the work that's actually happening right now that the Holy Spirit is actually doing. And if um, we would, if the Holy Spirit just removed himself from this planet, we would see a huge problem. We would see a big difference. We would see people doing whatever they wanted to do because the only thing that's keeping them more or less balanced is the Holy Spirit working through Christians that have created a precedent. You guys know what a precedent is? Not a president, a precedent. Comprendo precedent, Uncle Nathan. You know what a precedent is? He's going to look it up, folks. <laughs> a precedent is, that's the way we've always done it. So now we have a precedent when we have a COVID crisis going on. The precedent now is what? Lock everybody up and put masks on everybody. No, we, we set that precedent up because that's how we do it. Come Christmas time, the precedent is to buy a Christmas tree and to go caroling and to buy presents. And we all do that because that's the way we've always done it. And the only reason people don't do bad stuff that they can get away with is because of all the Christians that were before us doing things the right way and people start to fall. Now that precedent is wearing off. People are starting to forget what their parents taught them and doing things their own way. And that precedent is wearing off because they haven't gotten the Holy Spirit talking to them. But that's why people more or less behave out there right now. They're not killing each other. I mean, they are, but they're not doing it as much as they could be because of Christians who, who have the Holy Spirit and have made a um, precedent, have, have done things right before. Um. That's the only thing. It's not osmosis. It's not any. It's not the politicians that are that are keeping people good. It's the spirit of God holding back the floodgates of sin. I mean, if the Holy Spirit were to disappear, this world would would not look anything like it is right now. Um, the spirit speaking and guiding Christians um, makes a contrast. It, it confuses the world. They see the Christians behaving one way and they see themselves wanting to behave another way and they're like, what's different? What's happening is this, what it says here, and we're going to go back to it in a second here anyways, 
And John 16. John 16. 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. Uh, verse 9. Of sin, because they believe not on me. It will condemn them. It will prick them in their hearts to see other Christians behaving one way. And then wanting to behave another way. And realizing that they're not receiving what Jesus is putting out there. So the Spirit convicts of sin. And then the next thing in verse uh, 10, of righteousness. Because I go to my Father and you see me no more. What does that mean? Holy Spirit is going to convict us of righteousness. I didn't really understand this either until I had to preach about it. That's the thing about preaching. You know, a lot of things like, oh, I wonder what that means. And you start reading the next verse. When you've got to preach about it, you've got to figure it out. What does that mean? Of righteousness. It'd be one thing if Jesus was over in Israel right now and Jesus yesterday went and bought white bread and hummus for a hundred people, hundred poor people. And you, that was on the news. Jesus buys bread and hummus for a hundred poor people. Guess what everyone in the wor- world would be doing that was a follower of Jesus? They'd be buying hummus and bread for poor people. Jesus got a haircut. All the other Christians would be going and getting haircuts. Jesus did this. All the other Christians, everyone that followed Jesus, they'd be following him. They'd be doing everything. I'm pretty sure that's how it would be. If Jesus was here right now, he would say people would be following him that way. But here's what Jesus says. Uh, Verse 10, of righteousness because what? I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. says, hey, the world's going to be shown the power the Spirit has to keep people from straying, because guess what? I'm out of here. I'm leaving, and people are still going to be acting like me. See this in Acts 11.26. Acts 11.26. Acts 11.26. Acts 11.26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at where? Antioch. So they weren't called Christians before until they got to Antioch and all these people in Antioch started looking at these people and hey, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of that guy Christ. They're in Jerusalem. They're acting just like him. And they were called Christians. They're like, look, it's like a plague of a bunch of little Jesuses. They're just everywhere. He wasn't there anymore. He had he had left. He was gone, but they were still acting like Jesus. Prophesying from the Old Testament, what was going to be said about him. Let's look there in um, Jeremiah 31, 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Neat thing about Jeremiah 31, 31 is you can actually get a Jew to listen to it. 
You think, well, why aren't you taking the... Um, Isaiah what? 53? They can't understand Isaiah 53. It's, they have a really bad translation. Um, really hard to understand. It'd be like you guys trying to read original Shakespeare or original John Bunyan or something. It's really hard to understand. But they can understand this part in Jeremiah 31, 31. It says here, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it on in their hearts and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. thing to understand here about these prophets that were in the Old Testament, they were seeing something far away. Have you ever looked at a couple of mountains? You see... Uh, a mountain range. You can see the first mountain, and then beyond that, you can't see the next mountain. You can just see the peak of the next mountain, maybe the peak of the next mountain. And that's what Isaiah and Jeremiah, they'd see stuff that God would show them, and they would, uh, it, it doesn't just apply to one thing. Now here it's applying to, to after the tribulation where the Jews get saved, but it also applies to the church age. Of us nowadays, we have God's law living inside of our hearts. When we accept Jesus, he comes inside of us. It's called the Holy Spirit. It's what we're talking about here. And and, and it, it speaks to us. We, we read the Bible and we can figure it out because the Holy Spirit shows us what he wants us to do. And that's just what the Holy Spirit does here with us. So when we are playing with the, this E string here, let's say... Um, This E string is playing. This one, Brother Nathan tuned this one, so this is playing um, real well. But let's say this one here is a little flat. You guys hear that? that right? This, this one's a little flat, isn't it? And that, what the Holy Spirit does is it convicts us of righteousness. Um, we see here in we got here in Romans eight sixteen Romans eight sixteen Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when we get saved, we, we start picking up the vibrations that the Spirit shows. But guess what also it does? It can also heal itself. 
And the Holy Spirit prompts us, say, hey, you're a little off. You're not quite in my will. You know what? You, what you're doing isn't, isn't very righteous. It has the ability to tune itself again. We see this in 1 Corinthians 2.13. It says, hey, you're my child, and you need to get some stuff right here. 1 Corinthians 2.13. says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. And we already read verse 14. And that's what the power that the Holy Spirit shows. Not, it, it has the power not only to rebuke the world of sin, but of righteousness. To show us, to, to, to um, correct all the Christians in the world that say, hey, you know what? That isn't quite right. You need to fix that. And it fine-tunes us again. A Christ, can a Christian sin? Yeah, a Christian can sin. But can a Christian live in sin? He can't live in sin for very long. Because that Holy Spirit keeps saying, hey, you're a little flat. You're a little flat. You need to, you need to fix that. And either a Christian will fix, fine-tune where he is, or Jesus says, you know what? Need to cut that string and set, take it to heaven real quick, because it's 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 sounding terrible down there. So let's go back to our text in John, John sixteen. John sixteen eleven. So he convicts of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And those Christians are still following me just like I, I, I was. They're doing all the same things that I was doing down there. And the last thing, of judgment because the prince of this world is what? Judge. Are you guys there? 16, 11. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. This world is sinking. It's a sinking ship. It hasn't sunk yet, but it's it's been given a hole that it's not going to recuperate from. It's going down. Uh, there's a there. It's coming to an end. The and the spirit Bible says will not always strive with man. It's not always going to be there convicting us. There's a limit to how long. The Holy Spirit is going to call and say, "Hey, get saved! Hey, you 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 need a you need a jump ship! You need to jump onto onto my ship, the ship of grace." And we see here in Hebrews, Hebrews three seven, Hebrews three seven. Hebrews 3, 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. Look, it's today. It's today that you, that you need to get saved. And in verse 15 it says, While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Also in 4, 7. In 4, 7. 
says, Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long, as is said, Today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Today is the day of, of salvation. There's a limit to how long the Spirit will call and call and call, and one day he's not going to knock anymore. And for us Christians, there's a limit to how long he's going to say, Hey, it's an E. Hey, 52 oscillations. Hey, you're, you're not hitting the mark. You're, you're a little bit off. And if we don't start tuning to get onto his will, we'll say, hey, you know what? I've been pretty patient with you. Maybe, maybe I need to do something in your life to, to cause you to wake up. There's a limit to how long he will knock. A limit to how long he will sound out his righteousness. Something I went to the tent meeting Friday. Friday night. It was really good. But you know the thing that convicted me the most wasn't the messages. Wasn't the music. It was really good music, really good messages. I really enjoyed it. Had a really good time. It was great to see a spirit that was in that tent meeting. But what really convicted me was this guy in there who got really mad. And he stormed out. Actually, there's two guys. Pastor Byers started talking about, he wasn't even preaching yet. He was just starting, he was just talking about creation. And he mentioned the fact that um, God created two human beings, a man and a woman. That's all he said. This guy got so mad and stormed out of there saying, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. And ran out of there just causing such a ruckus and stormed out of there. And a couple of minutes later, another guy stormed out of there too. He had, he, he had had enough of it too. And it just dawned on me, you know, the world doesn't tolerate nonsense like this. It will not tolerate something that they can't pick up. You know, the Holy Spirit is sending out a note and they don't get it. It sounds crazy to them. They just don't tolerate it. Like, I'm out of here. I ain't tolerating this. I ain't. This is the weirdest thing I ever heard. I tuned into something like that. These people are nuts. And you know, it makes sense. Their natural man doesn't pick up spiritual things. But what's not right is us who are saved, us that can pick up the voice of the Spirit, and we, we can, but we start tuning back in to what the world is throwing out. We start tuning in to the sinful pleasures of the world, and we start listening to that, and we start start. Um, doing all the things that the, the, the central world is, is, is up to, and we stop listening to what the Spirit is telling us to do. See this in Matthew 16.23, about Peter here. Matthew 16.23. Matthew 16.23.
16.23, it says, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. That was really convicting, I bet, for Peter. He's savoring not the things that come from God, not the, not, not the, the spiritual things, but savoring the worldly things. Again, we see in Romans 8, 5, we're going to finish here, just reading these convicting verses for me. Romans 8, 5. Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's read 9 as well, I guess. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be they, be, be that the Spirit of God dwell in, ye, in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So the question this morning is, what, what are you tuned to? Are you tuned to the Spirit? Have you, have you even been saved? Are you picking up, picking up what the Spirit is saying? Have you, have, have you tuned into God's frequency? And if you are, is that the only frequency you're tuned into? Or are you also tuning in back into the world's frequency again? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please forgive me ways that I failed you and, and not tuned in uh, only to, to what, what you'd have me um, to do, but tuning back into the world again after I received the Spirit of God and, and, and shouldn't, be, shouldn't be tuning in to what the world is trying to offer. So help me to stay focused only on, on what your Spirit has prompted me to do and not what my flesh wants to do, I pray. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.